Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Mike Schwan. You can find me on Twitter at MikeSchwanCFL and on Instagram at MikeSchwan. Uh, I'm Taylor Curry and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TaylorCurrySK. Kennington, you can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. Awesome. And don't forget to follow the uh the podcast socials. We are at True North CF Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And our Facebook page is the True North Canadian Football Podcast. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. So let's jump into the CFL news here. Nick Lewis uh called Boris Beattie mentally weak. Um, interesting take from a veteran CFLer, and kind of some more comments from the old guard that were quite interesting uh, this past week. Former Ryder president Jim Hobson said teams need a guy with an edge uh, when referring to Garrett Marino, and recent victim of Garrett Marino, Jeremiah Mazzoli, had some very choice words for this. Uh, this post, and I would urge people to go to Mazzoli's Twitter and look at that. I'm just pulling up what is his Twitter handle. Mazzoli 8 Okay, go check out Mazzoli 8 <clears throat> We can't really repeat everything that he said, but I do 100% agree with what he said, so go check that out. And then, the Riders bring back Canadian linebacker Jordan Herdman-Reed. Nick Lewis and Wes Cates said Fajardo, uh, Fajardo's skill set is very limited and not elite. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, he's he showed shades of goodness this year, but he's also had some uh, big struggles. So I can I can see where they're coming from, and uh, yeah, I like I wouldn't say he's a Bo Levi or a Nathan Rourke by any means, and those are i'd consider elite right now and zach caleros sorry that's that's what i was gonna say i was gonna be like what are we classifying as elite because you know it's like there's a there's a ton of good quarterbacks like let's just use the nfl as an example there's a ton of good quarterbacks that you wouldn't necessarily consider elite um i think the fact that um fajardo had his breakout season and is kind of regressing is having people kind of freak out but i think it's just like He's still good. He is a good quarterback. He can quarterback a team that will win football games and has a chance at winning a great cup. Um, that being said, um, I think people are panicking when it's more of just like a return to the mean of what we'll see from Fajardo as opposed to like him regressing all the way to the point of not being a starter. Fair enough. For me, um, I've had an anonymous coach and a youth sports player on completely different occasions and completely different friend groups tell me that he's either average, like uh, one described him as a game manager who can't play from behind, and the other just said he's straight up bad. So, I mean, uh, I trust those guys' opinions more often than not. And for me, I just... I haven't seen a lot from Cody past 2019 sucks he's a good dude so it's like man i I want him to do well but he just i don't know he just hasn't been the guy uh for the past couple years hopefully he can turn it around though 
Well, <clears throat> I'm going to say too, like I agree with both of you very much, but uh, I'm going to say just a little in his defense. He's got no line this year and he's got a bugged up knee that they're making him play with. You know what I mean? Like they're, they forced him to play through injury. For yeah. A they weeks they shouldn't be doing that. So, like, that's another like he, instance of the coach needs to take charge and say, Hey, no, that's what I was going to say. I was, like, yeah. how much, I was about to say, that's not the coaches making him play. He's sort of making the f- coaches keep him in. Yeah. Like that's, that's true too. Yeah. That's where the coach needs to step up and lead. And as we've seen with the Rogers this year, that kind of has been a problem. Issue. Yep. Big time. <laughs> and then, Unfortunately, Stamps standout corner, Trey Roberson, will be out uh, for the rest of the season uh, with a... He's getting a knee surgery. So he's he's done, unfortunately. And then the Argos... Did the Argos sign Khalil Tate, or did they release him? I thought he got released. Let me just double-check that headline. Yep, they released Khalil Tate. Apologies. It said signed in the news document, and I thought I remembered him being released, so I just had to double-check that. Uh, Cowboys have a kicking competition between two CFL kickers here. Um, One that the Cowboys are familiar with in Brett Maher and Liram Haralahu, who has a bit of NFL experience now, and from all reports, is running away with that job, so... It'd be nice to see a, a Canadian kid in Haralahu be a quality kicker in the NFL, so we'll see. And then Ticat sign Canadian linebacker Miles Milano. Uh, riders Pete Robertson is practicing along with Mitch Pickton, so they could be back Ooh. in the near future. I know Dan Clark was also seen without a brace, so he could be coming back in the following weeks. And I had to take a sip of water for this one because, holy crap, um, <laughs> Danny Machocha calls undisciplined penalties extremely irritating, but isn't ready to cut players. He was ready to fire his head coach, but cutting players <laughs> is a step too far, I guess. That's um, crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That, I, I oh, don't yeah. know the logic trail you go down there, but all right. <laughs> and then... Yeah. uh. This week was the lowest TV ratings recorded uh, this season. Uh, I think a big contributor to that, though, is there was no Rider game. And if you didn't know already, the Riders drive views. So (laughs) that's probably why. And then there was an ominous Stamps tweet uh, at the time of recording on Tuesday, August 9th. It said, big news tomorrow. We do not know what this news is. Maybe they release it, um, you know, before you hear this, and you know what that is. But I kind of am speculating. I'm hoping it's a trade. That would be, like, the cool thing, but it sounds like they're just unveiling some uniforms that we kind of already knew about. So, like, that happens, whatever. That's kind of lame. But if it's a trade, fingers crossed, man. That's my guess. It's a trade. I did see a lot of stuff on Twitter, though. People were saying stadium. So I, I don't think that's going to no happen, way. but I've I seen a lot of talk about that. But I mean, it wasn't somebody, from any if, like, if, good if, sources. If a team was going to do it, it would make sense for it to be them. If it was yeah, a stadium, oh, yeah. if it was a stadium, we would definitely know because there'd have to be plans with like City Hall and all that to get like agree to everything. And it's like, yeah, no, it happened. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. On to a recap of last week. Winnipeg down the Montreal Alouettes 35-20. to 20. 
in a game that Gary Stern guaranteed they would win. So that's interesting. And my first question is, is the magic starting to wear off for Kalaros? He's kind of had two games of bit mediocre play uh, so far. Uh, you know, I don't know if the magic's wearing off or just like teams are getting their uh, like just understanding the Winnipeg offense a little better because uh, like he's still finding the ways to win. They're still undefeated. It like his play hasn't cost them a loss. Unlike a lot of other quarterbacks in this league right now, like this season, especially oh, their play Evans. has single handedly affected it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, no, I wouldn't say like the magic starting to wear off. I think it's just we're a few weeks in and like, they're the only team I think without a buy too. So, um, I will say for, um, for Zach Claros, um, yeah, I agree with that where it's like, um, he's not the guy in like in 2019 and in 2021, he would, like, it felt like at times he would just be able to will the team into winning football games. Um, he is not that this year, but he is still a big net positive for the Blue Bomber team. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then, yeah, uh, for me, I'm kind of same deal. I just, you know, their offense has been stagnant at times and it's been clicking and they're still winning, so it's not a huge concern. And then... Should the Bombers be concerned that Montreal hung around in this game for as long as they did? You know, I really don't think so, because when it when it came down to it, like, yes, they made some mistakes early on in the game, but they won the game by 15 points, and they put up 21 points in the fourth quarter. So even with some mistakes, they came back and won the game. So I, I really don't think there's any concern there, or should be. Yeah, no, I think the fact that Montreal, um, like, I think it's a testament to them that you know they're close because they were able to keep it close for that long but uh yeah just seeing the bombers sort of i just i like I, how i just said that um drawing a difference between the 2021 campaign and now but looking back at that campaign this really did just look like the 2019 bombers where it was like fourth quarter dominance so um yeah. i wouldn't be too concerned for the bombers for sure same here i just i'm not overly worried about it i think you know winnipeg is Winnipeg and they'll they'll be fine. No, it I'm not too worried about it. And then but are you confident in Trevor Harris even though they've kind of been losing these games? Yeah, you know, he hasn't like he did play the Winnipeg defense this week, but they were at home and he didn't even put up 150 yards. So like that's just, you know, and he hasn't been getting the wins lately. He got a couple early on, but his play hasn't got them that win and hasn't got them over that hump. They're still sitting, what, third in the East, I think. So, uh, yeah, like it's just, uh, yeah, third in the East there. So, yeah, I, I'm losing confidence in him. He's he's not playing as good as he was, but, yeah, it's just it's it's a bit rough for him right now. Yeah, it's scary because he's out of the playoff bubble right now because third in the East, like unless stuff changes, third in the East is not going to get you a playoff spot. Yeah. Um, so I'd I'd start to get very worried. And it's such a shame because you come in with like a dual quarterback um situation where it's like, oh, this is amazing. You got Trevor Harris and Vernon Adams, and then one gets injured, the other is starting to sort of underperform. Um, yeah, definitely a time for panic for Montreal. For me, I don't know if Trevor Harris is a huge problem, but you have to change something because the head coaching change obviously made your team worse. So. I feel like you kind of have to go to VA at this point just to see if 
maybe he's figured it out after being benched for a little bit here. Well, they and... just threw him on the sixth game, though. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, they kind of have to roll with Trevor Harrison because they don't really have any other options. And Yeah, I mean, you're not putting Dominic Davis in over here. Yeah, Dom Davis. We know what Dom Davis is. You don't want to see Dom Davis, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> for me, yeah, I think you, you have to roll with Trevor Harris. Are you confident in him? I mean, I guess. This is Winnipeg, so I wouldn't read too much into it. But, I mean, at the same time, I don't know how far he's going to take you. How much is that, you know, costly penalties versus Trevor Harris? I don't know. So let's talk about uh, this game, which, oh man, was not very fun to watch in my opinion. Um, Calgary beat Ottawa, which, you know, all right, 17 to 3. 3. That's all, that's all <laughs> Ottawa managed to score. The 20. The 2021 Red Blacks came back for a game and were like, hey, did you guys miss us? And everyone went, nope. So, <laughs> what was wrong with Caleb Evans this game? Oh, yeah, he had a rough game there. You know, he didn't, he just couldn't move the ball like he had been for the past few weeks. He couldn't run. I mean, Calgary's got, I mean, top three defense in the league right now, but, uh, He's he's been playing good against other defenses, so it's surprising to see him do this bad, and then even to throw Nick Arbuckle in there, he didn't play much better either. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah. There's just so much. Like they just had so much go wrong that game. Not just Caleb Evans, but just so much. Yeah, looking at the uh, just looking at the box score for this uh, for this game, it's like, uh, it's it's crazy because it's like Nick Arbuckle. If you look straight at completions to attempts, it's not terrible, except for the fact that he threw two picks and no touchdowns. But yeah, like Caleb Evans, when you're throwing less than fifty percent, no touchdowns and a pick, like that's just simply not enough. For sure, and I don't know what was wrong with him. Even in Calgary, both offenses looked horribly out of sync that game. Like, oh, was missing guys. You know, it just. Looked like Caleb Evans was throwing to spots where there was nobody but a defender. It just it it was a weird night in Ottawa, man. Like honestly, for both teams, it's just overall I think Calgary is better. So they were able to get the win here, but both teams looked terrible for this game. Well, I actually just realized I don't know how I didn't notice this earlier, but Calgary's only touchdown came from the defense from a pick yep. six, like the whole game too. So like. Neither team could get in the end zone, really on offense. Like that's that's crazy. Exactly, both offenses are pretty brutal. And then, why did both teams? Oh, yeah. Why do you guys think they were both kind of out of sync? Like, was yeah, there a particular I reason? I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, was it because it was a nighttime game on the East Coast or something? But like, you think Ottawa would play better? Like, really doesn't. I guess maybe just it was two good defenses going up against each other, and that's. That's I'm true. watching the That's highlights true. as we're playing, and yeah, like, or, or as we're like recording here, and yeah, like, it, it's a lot of defense going on in the game. The offense just couldn't move. That's fair. It's like, is yeah, like if if both teams are out of sync on offense, I mean, we do have to give credit where it's due with the defense being able to perform as well as they had, especially Calgary's, because I mean, three points, come on. But yeah, it's like both teams on offense. I don't know what it was, but uh, could not get the ball moving. Yeah, um, I don't know, it's just, yeah, something in the water in Ottawa. Like I said, it's just, 
both teams are out of sync. I didn't think the crowd was that disruptive. So I honestly, I don't know, both teams, maybe they're out of whatever the equivalent of Earl's is in Ottawa. And just <laughs> we're, we're playing a bit loopy, but like, I, I, I genuinely don't know. Just didn't. Both teams looked bad, and then speaking of both teams looking bad, as was this the worst game of the year to watch so far? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd say so. Like, just uh, like this isn't the game you'd want to show a first-time CFL guy. You know what I mean? So right now, I'll say yeah. It just wasn't the most entertaining game to watch for sure. Um. Yeah, I didn't really have a great time when I was watching this one. It was kind of like. At some commercial breaks, I was like, uh, no, I need to record the podcast. I should probably see what's going exactly. on. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and that's not what you want when like, you're watching sports. Like, even yeah. if you're doing a podcast, you want to be able to enjoy the product that's being put on the field. For sure. Uh, not fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much with you on this one. I was, if we were not making a podcast about this, I would, I would have turned this game off pretty quick because. Both offenses were terrible, and it was just, it was such a slow, monotonous game that it, I really had to slide out with this one. It was, it was bad, and mm-hmm. I haven't had to do that with a single game this year. So for me, this is 100% the worst game of the year so far. And then, man, let's get into this one. Uh, another game that ha- slipped, Hamilton managed to... Snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. I love that saying. Uh, <laughs> in their loss to Toronto, where they choked another one, thirty-four to twenty, in what what felt like a home game for them. But we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> now we we go back to this again. Does Hamilton have a choking problem? And if so, how do they fix it? You know. I mean, clearly they do have a choking problem this year. Like they just they can't get those wins that they desperately need on the board. Um, uh, how to fix it? That's really tough because they're they're trying. You know, they're using the two QB system. Uh, their defense isn't playing as good as you want them to, but they're playing okay. Uh, you know, the offense isn't moving as nice as I'd like. I'd like them to. I think too. So that uh, Kahari Jones hire might come in handy there, but. Yeah, I I really don't know. Like it, it's tough because they're not a bad team. They didn't lose a bunch of pieces from last year, and yet they just they can't get a win on the board. Yeah, it's um, it's getting a little bit scary for Hamilton. How well it's like every week it feels like it's just like oh, this is uh you know it's the week where they're gonna be the same team as before. Of like you know they're gonna have their twenty twenty one slash twenty nineteen team come back, and it just never happens. Yeah, so it's starting to just make me sad. I know we've been waiting for it. I thought it happened a couple of weeks ago when they were they're start. It looked like they're starting to put it together and get on a roll, and then they're back to choking games again. So that sucks. And I I don't know how you fix it. Like I don't think Orlando Steinauer is a bad coach. Uh, Aiden Evans. I don't put this loss really on him, uh, even though, you know, they just haven't been able to perform at all in the fourth quarter. I think, honestly, well, li- it might just be a mental thing at this point. That Well, I think that's a big issue, too. Like, in the second half, they let up 28 points, and they only scored six in the second half. 
Like that that's brutal there. And it just seems like they can't ever get their run game going to in Hamilton. They just they got some decent backs there. When they've played on other teams, they've been good. But when they get to Hamilton, they just don't use them. And yeah, it's just they, yeah, they got a lot of problems going on there. And if it keeps up, I mean, Ottawa wins another game or two, Montreal wins one, and Hamilton's in fourth place, just like that. For sure. And for me, it's just usually those uh, differentials from one half to another are indicative of not adjusting your game plan. But like Steinau is a good coach; you think he'd be doing that, and it just seems like maybe they're not or you know other coaches are able to figure them out by halftime and they're able to squash it but yet i just i think the staff is too good for that so it's like it, i don't think it's that dane evans has had his moments where he's kind of choked it in the second half i think it's just the combination of things and i mean i'm going to compare this to if you want to know where my passion goes after the CFL season, it goes right to the Toronto Raptors. And they had a very similar problem to this several years ago when they couldn't get past the Cavaliers in the playoffs. They never could do it. No matter what they tried, who they brought in, they just couldn't do it. And so what they did is they ended up firing their coach, uh, Dwayne Casey, who, oddly enough, won coach of the year that year because he simply didn't adjust his game plan uh very often he was very kind of a rigid coach even though he's very good he he often didn't adjust and they promoted a guy on the team who was a very a lot more flexible coach was willing to adjust game plan and a different philosophy and you know next year i believe they won the championship so i mean Maybe it's something like that, but again, I I don't I'm not quite ready to go after the coaching staff just yet either. And then this is an interesting question. Is Andrew Harris a top five back in the CFL? <clears throat> See, right now, like I'm gonna say yes, but I'm gonna put an asterisk beside it, and that's because William Stamback and James Wilder aren't playing. You know what I mean? Uh, like right now, Andrew Harris is, but I think if they were in contention, I don't know if I could put him in the top five so far because Jamal Morrill's been playing really good. Kadeem Carey's been playing really well since he's been uh, back healthy. Uh, James Butler in BC has been playing really good. And then if you threw Stanback and Wilder in there, I don't know if you can put Harris in the five. So with them injured, I'm saying yes, but if they had the same time, I'm probably saying no. Yes, yeah, that's a tough conversation. When I saw this, I was like, my snap call was like, "What the? Why is this a question?" Yes, but no, that's a really good explanation. I don't know anymore. That's a, See, it's oh. it's tough. Yeah, like yeah. he is right now, but I mean, you throw some other guy. Like it's it might be just because it's injury. Maybe it's crazy. Oh, that's nuts. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. For me, how I rank the running backs if everyone is healthy is. Right now, Jamal Morrow's red hot, so he's up there. Uh, Standback, obviously. I think Wilder's in that conversation, and Kadeem Carey. Those are the top like elite running backs, in my opinion. They're in their own conversation. I think Harris is the top guy in that tier below them, in terms of... I think he could be elite, I just don't think they use him enough. Like There were definitely yeah. points in that game where I thought they could have used him better and they just didn't 
Well, yeah, they only ran him 14 times in that game. Yeah, and he's Andrew Harris is good enough to be that guy that you win, you know, not with, but because of. And I don't know if MBT has that in him, but Andrew Harris definitely does. And I think they started to be a bit more productive and the offense started to go more once they got Andrew Harris involved, because for the first bit, they, they didn't use him. So I I don't know. I think he is the fifth best back in the CFL, so I think he's barely top five when everyone's healthy. Fair. And then there were more Ticats fans than Argos fans at this game. If you weren't watching the broadcast, you could even hear the Ticats fans doing their Oski Wee Wee chants at the game. So that, that's got to be embarrassing if you're on the Argos getting out cheered in your home stadium. And. This was Toronto's best game in attendance, I think, this year so far, with a whopping 11,000 fans. So, usually they're about 9,000, so there there was a good amount of Hamilton fans there. <laughs> uh, how would that make you feel as a player, and what can Toronto do to fix this? You know, I don't know if it would make me feel bad as a player, necessarily, because, like, Toronto, just with the attendance problems they have, it's probably just nice to have more people in the stands regardless. Like, just more people cheering at the game, and, like, it's just louder and more of a good environment. Um, to fix it, though, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we've I've heard problems that the transit and the parking down there is terrible, but then it fills up for soccer games. Uh, so... You know, it's really tough. It's such a it's such an interesting market where people just dump their money into the Leafs and Raptors and Jays and uh, even the MLS first and then it's the Argos. So, yeah, it's just it's tough when they're competing with those, as some people would say, bigger professional leagues than the CFL. Let's see, it's absolutely screwed it when it comes to the Toronto Argonauts. Like it just. They treat they treat the team like an afterthought, so it's no shock that people are going to do the same thing. Like, that's what I get whenever I see any sort of decision coming from the MLSE concerning Toronto. Yep. Uh, well, the yep. Argonauts. Um, it's really, really infuriating to, uh, to see. Um, if I was a player, I, I guess I see what you're saying, but at the same time, when they start, like, the signature chant of the other team, that would make me really heated. So, I don't know. That's how I'd true. Feel. Yeah. Um, it would be, uh, yeah, it's it's tough, um, but yeah, I I don't know how you fix it because I that's above my pay grade. But when you have however many successful franchises, like you should be able to figure it out. Yeah, for me, um, I think yeah, it starts from the top. Like a uh, BC's owner called out the Argos for not really investing in the team and marketed it very well and yeah i have heard from james who lives in toronto for about half the year that that getting there is a horrible experience getting to bmo and you know it's just not a great environment but again they pack it for mlse so it's like what's the difference there you know and yeah if people want to go they'll go I don't know, maybe my suggestion would be maybe move them to the U of T stadium that hosted CFL games for a little bit back in the day and had a preseason game there and it was full, even though it was only like 5,000 people or whatever, that's still, you know, 
full stadium is a full stadium, you obviously would have to upgrade it, but I mean, maybe that's an alternative, is they just, you know, move to a different site? Because obviously, Demo is not working, and I get that it's not as terrible as it looks on TV, because the one side uh, is pretty much full, and then the other side is completely empty. And it's like... I yeah. Sorry, if, if Toronto wasn't the mecca that it is in Canada, then this team would be moved. Oh, a yeah, thousand percent. Absolutely. And that's a problem. For sure. Like, I don't know if they have to fix transit, or if they just move the team to, you know, a different stadium, or what they need to do, but they need to do something. Because it... If you're not even cracking 10,000 for a game, you know, in my opinion, you should be moved, but Toronto, so you can't have them leave Toronto, so you have to figure something out here. And back to uh, what I would call guaranteed win night of the year here. Um, <laughs> EC just laid it into Edmonton, uh, 46 to 14. Now, when Nathan Rourke, uh, being on track at halftime to beat the CFL, uh, Passing record for a single game. He didn't get there, but I mean, he did get the most yards for a Canadian quarterback beating his own record. <laughs> Should Nathan Rourke get NFL interest after this season? I mean, he'll probably get looks, just like some of the like elite guys are. I mean, he keeps this up. Yeah, he'll he'll get some looks. I don't know if he'll get the proper treatment or like go down there, but he'll at least get some looks. Uh, I mean, he's the best quarterback in the CFL right now, hands down. So yeah, he absolutely should get looks at the NFL. Like when you look at the CFL, it's the next step. Like the NFL is the next step. It's like that's the next tier. There's no middle ground up like next between the CFL and the NFL. So absolutely, I think he should get looks from the NFL because when you see numbers like that, you're playing against grown men. That's insane. For sure, and I would say that a hundred percent he should. And I'll make this argument as to why. When Bo got his NFL shot finally, like his real NFL shot, he was 27, 28, and very nearly made it. And I look at Rourke, and he is just about as dominant, and he's 24 years old. So he's still very, very young in terms of uh, backup quarterback potential. And honestly... If Chris frickin' Strebler can make it, uh, there's no reason Nathan Rourke shouldn't, because they're both kind of similar runners, and Nathan Rourke can actually pass the football. So, there, there's your big difference there, and yeah, like, I would, I would make that pitch to a team if they, they aren't 100% sold on, and be like, hey, think of Taysom Hill, but he's a competent passer. So, I can definitely see him getting some inquiries from some teams, but I guess we'll see. And then, after Edmonton had another absolutely shameful game, um, does Chris Jones get on the hot seat after this another terrible game? No, I really, I, I mean, he should probably, but no. Uh, I think they'll at least give him this year. Like, if things are this rough next year, they might start questioning things, but I don't think they're doing it this year. 
Yeah, no, it's unfortunate because I think any other coach gets fired already at this point. But um, Ferrari got fired for less, yeah. Yeah, it's just um, but he's he's got the name value, and they've probably spent a lot of money on him, so they're not gonna do that after this. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's just uh, it's rough. Um, being an Elks fan, uh, I would totally be on board with firing him, but again, Chris Jones is a name. I don't think you can just fire him. Uh, I like Chris Jones, the coach, but Chris Jones, the GM, sucks. So if you can find a way to like maybe kick him out of all personnel decisions but keep him as a head coach, that might be the way to move forward. But yeah, I just... He should be, but he won't be. Is kind of where I'm at with it. And then, should BC have left Nathan Rourke in as long as they did because I get letting him go for the record but he also was taking some shots from notably Taylor's boy Deron Carter in this game who unfortunately (laughs) did not have an interception we weren't able to meme another one into existence sadly no he had a rough he had a rough game this week in my opinion but uh you know it's interesting because like, I want to say, yes, you leave him in to try to get those records and stuff, but he passed it six times in the fourth quarter and, uh, what, six times in the third quarter. So it's not like they were really letting him go for it either. So if his job was just to hand it off, they should have just put it in the backup and not let him get hit those times. But, uh, yeah, I think they, they if they wanted to keep him in, they should have actually, like, gone for it, but... They didn't, so yeah, pull him out if you just need a guy to dump it around because you, you're going to win. Um, yeah, just uh, I think even like it's just it's worrisome. You don't want your guy to go down, but like how much is uh, how much is Rourke committing or not committing? How much is uh, Rourke contributing to BC? A lot, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if he goes down, that means a lot more, even compared to if somebody like Caleros goes down. We've seen what happened when Caleros goes down. Drew Brown was able to go in there when it mattered, and he orchestrated that game-winning drive. Um, but it's like I don't know if BC's other guys are going to be able to get that done or at least be able to – well, there's no way they're going to be able to stay at Rourke's level. Um, so it's like how far do they go down if uh, Nathan Rourke isn't there? So it's definitely exactly. uh, definitely worrisome um, to leave work in. But at the same time, uh, maybe it was his decision. You never really know with that stuff. For sure. And for me, this is a tough call. Um, I just, I want to leave him in for the record, but I think as soon as he took that shot uh, from Duran, you pull him. Just because you don't want to risk it. Uh. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's just because O'Connor's a young Canadian too, so maybe just let him get that development time rather than risk Rourke getting hurt. All right, so on to our power rankings. Um, I have Winnipeg at number one, DC is number two, Calgary three, Toronto four, Hamilton in fifth, Sask in sixth, Ottawa seventh. Um. Edmonton, or not Edmonton, sorry, Montreal in 8th. And Edmonton is firmly in the basement. 
Yeah, we're we're sitting pretty similar again this week. I mean, Winnipeg, BC, Calgary, and then Toronto, Hamilton, Sask. Uh, I got Montreal above Ottawa right now, and uh, and then I have Edmonton in the bottom. Yeah, so for myself, I've got Winnipeg, BC, Calgary, Toronto. Um, I still think Saskatchewan's got um some good pieces to them still, so I've got them in fifth. Uh, Hamilton, I've got in sixth. Then uh, Montreal, Ottawa, and way below everybody, I got Edmonton. Fair enough. And then let's yeah. jump into. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's a pause. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm a little I'm tired. Broke. No, so... it's okay. It happens. It happens. All good. All right. So let's jump into CFL fantasy. Um, let's do best positional options here. Uh, King Rourke, number one for quarterbacks. Uh, Jardo NVT and Dane Evans. Is there anyone else you would pick? No, I got Fajardo in my lineup. I think that's the way to go this week. Uh, I'm going with uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, actually, this week. So. That's a good pick, too. Yeah, actually, looking at his stats, not bad. Sure. And then let's jump into running back. Um, I've got Jamal Morrow, Don Jackson, uh, Jeshwin Antwi, and Oliveira should be on the list, too. So, is there anybody else you would include in here? Uh, maybe Andrew Harris, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it right now. I got Jamal Morrow and Oliver in my lineup. Yeah, I've got the exact same. Fair enough. And then wide receiver, I have Dunbar, Burnham, Schoen, uh, Dan Schaefer-Baker, Dion Hatcher, Reggie White, and Cam Phillips. Anybody else you're considering this week? No, there's no way you can't pick Dalton Schoen in your lineup. He's he's just too good, so you got to take him. Yeah, that's what I've been doing basically every week, and yeah. uh, it's been working out for me most more often than not. And then I do also have Jake Weineke in my lineup as well. Nervous just... laughter as I don't have Dalton Schoen in the lineup currently. <laughs> hey, man, it, Mike. I'll tell you what I got. Uh, I got Dane Evans, Oliveira, Don Jackson, uh, Hatcher, ASB, Phillips, and Sask defense. I'm not. It's like, I don't know Sit who to Phillips take out this there. Week. Huh? Sit Phillips this week. Yeah, but then I only have $3,000, and it's like, I can't afford uh, anybody, you know? You're good. You got to do some adjusting, man. And the value picks this week are brutal, so I really can't. And you'll see why in a bit here. So, Sask defense, uh,. Ring a ding ding, there's an exploitable matchup this week, and this is about <laughs> as exploitable as it gets here with the dreadful Elks playing one of the best defenses in the CFL, and I think there's going to be some picks, there's going to be sacks, uh, as we talked about, Pete Robertson might be back, so increase the sack total a little bit there, and yeah, it's just, for me, can't go wrong picking a rider defense this week. No, that's why I got in my lineup too. That's fair. I am out of money though, so I cannot <laughs> go with the defense. And you wonder why I didn't pick. Uh, I didn't pick Sean. And then, Ooh, but anyway, an interesting trade-off. Yeah, it is. It's like the whole idea is like, do I think you know Phillips plus Rider defense can outscore Dalton Sean? It's like I am betting that Cam Phillips and the Riders defense can outscore him this week. But I guess we'll see. And then 
on to our value picks. Uh, this is based off of practice reports and the facts that there is literally no other options this week. So we got Mitch Picton and Tevin Jones with an asterisk. Uh, one of these guys is going to be filling in Shaq Evans' spot and get a lot of targets. Um, one or both of these guys are going to be playing. Tevin Jones has been playing the last couple weeks. He's been solid. Uh, Picton got hurt, but is practicing this week now. So he is. He might be able to return, and if he does, he might be worth picking. And I mean, if he does, I might swap Cam Phillips for him and put in Dalton Schoen uh, for Keon Hatcher. But for now, this is the lineup I got. Uh, do you guys see any other value picks this week? Nope. Not really, no. For sure, it's a rough week. So let's jump into it our is. predictions. And Carter, you, you finally separated from me, man. Uh, I gambled <laughs> I gambled on Hamilton and I lost. So, um, huh. yeah. Duly noted. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dane Evans. Uh, freaking choker. Uh, anyway, uh, I have Winnipeg beating Montreal. Uh, they couldn't do it in Montreal. They're not going to do it in Winnipeg. And then I have Toronto versus Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton, serious chokers. Uh, and I think Toronto is hyped. They're happy they got another dub. And I think they're going to go in and do it again. Because, like I said, the last game was basically a home game for the Ticats. So, or at least it felt that way. So I don't think this is going to phase them. EC versus Calgary. Uh, this is, in my opinion, the battle for who gets second in the West. And I think BC's getting the dub here. And Saskatchewan versus Edmonton, as bad as Saskatchewan has looked, they have yet to look as bad as Edmonton. So I've got Saskatchewan winning this one. Oh, fair enough. <clears throat> uh, I'm catching up. I'm 22 and 13, so I'm getting there. Uh, but you know what? We're yeah, I'm sitting the the exact same. Winnipeg over Montreal, like you said, they're in Winnipeg. Uh, Toronto, Toronto over Hamilton. I did have Hamilton, but you're right. You just can't bet on the choke artist, so I switched to Toronto. Uh, BC Calgary. Yeah, I think BC wins that one, and that'll be a good game though. And Sask Edmonton, just like Mike said. Yeah, I don't think they're as bad as Edmonton, so I think they get the win this week. Um, yeah, I think this is the first week of the year where uh, all of us agree on our picks. Um, going Winnipeg, Toronto, BC, and Sask. So it's interesting. We're all rooting for the same teams this week. Ooh. Fair enough. Uh, let's jump into our last one here off the pod activities. So I was out, uh, I posted this on Twitter, but I don't have a ton of followers on there, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> I was at therapy dog evaluations for St. John Ambulance because a dog was getting tested, and he is now a certified therapy dog. So, congratulations to Dexter, and that's what I was doing with my weekend. So, that is my off-the-pod activity. There you go. There you go. Uh, my off the pot activity, I will say, is better call Saul. Uh, I just hammered it down uh, in my evenings here, and uh, yeah, there's just one episode left. Comes out next Monday. It is so good. If you uh, 
you like Breaking Bad, you'll like it. But even if you didn't watch Breaking Bad, you don't have to to know this show. Uh, it was so good on its own, and like uh, even my wife liked it. And we we don't like all the same stuff, so it's highly recommended to everybody. Um, as for myself, I've been playing a, a relatively new game. It's called Multiverses, and it's like a Smash Bros. type of game, um, except it's got um, the Warner Brothers catalog. It's so fun. So, yeah, it's been a blast. Um, I have been playing mainly as Superman, and that has been a blast so far for me. Fair enough. And that actually, I do want to address one thing we forgot to cover. Uh. Uh-oh. There was a Twitter allegation that the Argos were pumping in crowd noise <laughs> at BMO. <laughs> yes, I know, I know, I know. Uh, this was on CFL Twitter, and the Argos fans piled on saying, "No, we're just we're super loud for nine thousand people." And <laughs> I just, um, what do you guys think? For this it was one. probably just the, it was probably just the extra two thousand Thai Cats fans that were there that just made it seem extra loud. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, one of the Argos Twitter people unironically were like, "Yeah, we're the loudest fans per capita in the CFL just because they're so desperate right now and the sad state of that franchise, man." Um, but now I just I just wanted to discuss that a little because I thought it was a little interesting Twitter thread there. But if you made it this okay. far, thank you very much for listening. Once again, you can follow the show at True North CF Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and go like and follow our Facebook page at True North Canadian Football Podcast. And you can listen to the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Apologies to our YouTube listeners, we're currently backed up, but I'm still hounding our editor, so hopefully he gets that done eventually. And once... Shout out to Brandon. Yeah, shout out Brandon! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> editor Brandon, man, yep. But, um, I have been your host, Mike Schwan, the True North Canadian Football Podcast, signing off.